part of the problem of the way we discuss racism is similar to the problem with the way we debate capitalism. You can't separate capitalism from racism. They emerged during the same period and they have long thrived together. But you can't really challenge one effectively without challenging the other. You can't truly be anti-racist if you're not being anti-capitalist. Just because different racial groups have different proportions in different parts of the world or different parts of society doesn't necessarily mean that that comes from racism. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. It's more like causation isn't the same as correlation. Like I, like I said, the book, the, even the book title, like how to be an anti-racist, I feel like people do this a lot on the left is uh, they, they will label something racist so that you can be against it because who doesn't want to be anti-racist? If it's anti-racist, sign me up. They seem to be labeling a lot of things that aren't racist, racist in order to push the agenda of removing it. Well, we get it. Two white guys talking about why capitalism is racist. All right, let's move past it, we get it, right? All right, what's going on world? Welcome back to another episode of America's Sweethearts Podcast. Uh, we got two mics today instead of one. Today it's just Matt and I, um, no guests, but we are going to talk about capitalism. So recently there was a discussion that was assigned in a university level speech class. Um, and the discussion is titled, Is Capitalism Racist? So Matt and I are going to walk through the assignment, sort of what it's given the students, and how it is either good or bad. And right or wrong. So to start off, uh, I'm just going to read you the assignment. It starts with uh, discussion, is capitalism racist? A different spin on the free market debate. There are no right answers here. Given the theoretical nature of introductory economics courses and the free market bend of our textbooks, let's consider a strikingly different perspective. Recent best-selling author Ibram X. Kendi writes in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, Quote, they define capitalism as the freedom to exploit people into economic ruin, the freedom to assassinate unions, the freedom to prey on unprotected consumers, workers, and environments, the freedom to value quarterly profits over climate change, the freedom to under undermine small businesses and cushion corporations, the freedom from competition, the freedom not to pay taxes, the freedom to heave the tax burden onto the middle and lower classes, the freedom to commodify anything and everyone, and the freedom to keep poor people poor and middle-income people struggling to stay middle-income and make rich people richer. The history of capitalism, of world warring, classing, slave trading, enslaving, colonizing, depressing wages, and dispossessing land and labor and resources and rights, bears out the conservative definition of capitalism." End quote. All right, let's uh, take a time out right there. <clears throat> yeah, that was a mouthful. Let me... Let me have you tell me in the audience what you think. What, what do you disagree with specifically? Uh, so far? Other than everything, specify. Other than everything? Yeah. Um, yeah, that definition of capitalism is not uh, something that I find true. I don't find almost any of that as part of the definition of capitalism. Um, the thing that jumps out at me most, uh, just off the bat, is freedom from competition. I understand there are a lot of other things in there that I will get to eventually, but capitalism in essence is competition. 
and competition, though it can be taken to extremes, is natural. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it definitely is natural. Um, and sort of to take Darwinism, survival of the fittest, and put it into the economy, whichever product or service is the best, quote unquote, the fittest will survive, will thrive, and will have better quarterly profits, uh, if we want to use more words from that definition. But sort of all of that, the freedom to not pay taxes, uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, The freedom to keep the tax burden on the middle and lower classes is interesting, because in microeconomics, at least what I've studied, I don't know if you've taken a microeconomics class, um, tax and tax burden is actually an interesting concept because it's never paid entirely by the intended uh, class, sort of consumer or producer. The way that tax burdens are weighed is whichever, I'll say whichever, for lack of a better term, whichever line on the graph, uh, supplier demand, whichever one is more inelastic, they're gonna pay the majority of the tax. More inelastic, the supplier demand is going to pay the majority of the tax. Yeah. So things like gas, milk, um, eggs, if say a lot of necessities. The yeah, the necessities. If you tax the necessities, then the burden of tax is going to be paid by the consumer because they're going to need to buy them anyway. Yeah. And look, I'm not like a, an econ major, you know, or anything like that. I've taken I've taken two or three economic classes from high school and first few years of college, micro macro. I understand the fundamentals, which I think is what what you at least need to understand to kind of know that capitalism is not racist. And the last sentence there, even the title of his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, I don't understand how capitalism itself is racist. Like you you said, I mean, capitalism, it, it promotes competition, which is survival of the fittest. I don't, I don't think people care in 2020 what color, you know, the person who's producing her goods are. As long as it gets the job done, competition will you know succeed yeah I agree so I'm gonna go on continuing with the uh, the assignment sheet because it goes on to talk more about capitalism and racism yeah because the first thing is just Let's the definition of capitalism um, so Ibram Kennedy goes on to say quote to love capitalism is to end up loving racism to love racism is to end up loving capitalism they are two sides of the same destructive body the idea that capitalism is merely free private ownership of the means of production operating for a profit is as whimsical and ahistorical as the white supremacist idea that calling someone racist is the primary form of racism. Or calling someone something racist. No, calling something racist is the primary form of racism. Popular definitions of capitalism, like popular racist ideas, do not live in a historical or material reality. Capitalism is essentially racist, and racism is essentially capitalist. End quote. Um, so my problem with that is there's there's nothing in there that explains nothing, how it's racist, right? There's nothing of value in that sense. And I'm trying to see it from his perspective so I could at least argue it. It's like a cute, cute wording from like an activist standpoint, but he gives no meat behind it. It's a circular. It's circular thinking. Yeah, it's like, saying to love capitalism is to end up loving racism because. Racism is essentially capitalist, and capitalist is essentially. Racist. But they don't explain. Like, I can't the even. Only the, that's I, the only thing there. I can't even know. debunk it. I can't even try to understand it and then try to debunk it because there's literally nothing there. He's just saying that this is racist. 
Am I, am I missing well, sort something? Of, sort of in between the, I guess the meat of it is that second and third sentence. The idea that capitalism is merely free private ownership of the means of production operating for a profit is as whimsical and ahistorical as the white supremacist idea that calling something racist is the primary form of racism. That is basically saying, at least as far as I understand, that when people, people's modern definition of capitalism is not historically accurate. That's what he's saying. But he's okay. pr again, providing no proof. Of yeah, that's, all right, that's just what threw me off. So, I guess to sort of understand where he's coming from. So, a couple key things out of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Uh, mainly by competition in a free market. That is a key to capitalism. Uh, private ownership, key to capitalism. Uh, investments that are determined by private decision or by prices. So those are the three keys, as far as Merriam-Webster has. Private or corporate ownership of capital goods. Investments are determined by private decision and by prices. And distribution of goods are determined by competition. So what Kendi has in his definition is <clears throat> direct opposition to competition. He claims that capitalism is the freedom from competition. Um, what else does he have? There's not much. <laughs> There's not much. That's There's what I'm saying. Not There's much not much either. to even debunk or arguing against. Um, Let me say this though, like I like I said, the book, the, even the book title, like how to be an anti-racist. I feel like people do this a lot on the left. Is uh, they they will label something racist so that you can be against it. Because who doesn't want to be anti-racist? If it's anti-racist, sign me up. Uh, the problem is people on the left, not everybody. They seem to be labeling a lot of things that aren't racist, racist in order to push the agenda of removing it. And I think, I mean, even BLM, Black Lives Matter, I think one of their main goals, not to get too off topic, is to push away capitalism and is to promote socialism. I mean, what's this guy, what's his uh, substitution, what's the solution if we're going to get rid of get rid of capitalism because it's racist? Okay, then what, what are we going to do? We need something. We another, need something for our economy. Yeah, another, I'm, I'm rereading this definition of capitalism again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says the freedom to undermine small businesses and cushion corporations. That's mainly become true during this pandemic. Okay, that's that's Kendi or Kendi's. That's, that's Kendi. Okay. This is Kendi saying the, that capitalism is part in part defined as the freedom to undermine small businesses and cushion corporations. Um, no. Capitalism has struggled a lot during this pandemic during 2020, mostly because of all the shutdowns, <laughs> which has been absolutely slaughtering small businesses and cushioning the corporations. Yep. Uh, that is not... It's not a capitalistic idea. That's not true idea. capitalism. No. Capitalism, at least before the lockdown started, we were in the most successful economy... Flourishing. In a long time. Business was, was booming. booming. You said it before me, bro. Business was booming. Uh, there was record low unemployment. Uh, it was record high minority new businesses also. Yep. Um, so to say that capitalism in itself yeah. <laughs> is the freedom to undermine small businesses, it's just factually wrong. Or that it's racist, like you said, it, black, not black even, not even minority racist, unemployment was at an all-time row. This oh. definition is just wrong. Fought in every, yeah, in every way. Um, let's go on to continue what uh, Kendi says. I think it's or Kendi. Kendi? I don't know. Probably not. It's probably Kendi. Um, so or at least going on with this assignment sheet. 
Uh, it goes on to say, note that Kendi has specific definitions of racism and capitalism. He says, quote, a racist policy is any measure that produces or sustains racial inequity between racial groups. Um, so that is... Yeah. That's interesting. I agree um, with that. There's a... I agree with that to an extent. That is what a racist policy is. A racist no policy... Argument. Right? A racist policy does sustain racial inequity. Yeah, no shit. But not all racial inequities are sustained because of racist policies. I like that. I, I would say a racist policy does produce racial inequity. Exactly. But to yeah. say that a racist policy is any measure that produces or sustains racial inequity. Disparity doesn't equal discrimination. Just because different racial groups have different proportions in different parts of the world or different parts of society doesn't necessarily mean that that comes from racism. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. To dumb it down, it's like, all to pinkies are fingers, but not all fingers are pinkies. You know what sure, I'm saying? Sure, yeah. Um, all racist like, policies. It's yeah. more like causation isn't the same as correlation. Just because there is a trend line doesn't mean that this particular yeah. variable is why. Just because there are more... Just because... 40% of prisons are African-Americans. Prisoners are African-Americans. Doesn't mean that the system's racist. Doesn't mean that it's because the system is targeted. Okay, so what's he, what's he trying to say here with capital, with that statement? What do you think he's trying to say? I think what Kenny what is trying to, he trying to say with this, uh, with this statement is that because there is statistically um, African-American families, black families, are Living in per capita less wealthy than white families, and that is because of racism. And I guess he could blame our economic system, which is and he's blaming our economic system, which, which, is, which capitalism, is racist, according to which him. Which he's saying is racist. Yes. Okay. Well, he, I mean, he has a point that yeah, there are more minorities living in poverty than uh, white people, like percentage-wise, like you said. Yes, he does. Uh -huh. um, but does that is that because of? Well, that's where we disagree. With well, that's where we disagree yeah. with him. Yes. Um, but I, at least from his perspective, it it is a logical train of thought. So now I understand. Now I know what I can at least attempt to disagree with. Yeah, it's okay. a logical train of thought. So he's so it's sort of to work our way backwards through it. Kennedy states that a racist policy is any measure that produces or sustains racial inequity between racial groups. Okay. So he's saying that because there's racial inequity, therefore there it are racist policies. It must be policies. a racist policy. I understand. Yes. And then going backwards, he thinks... Because right, it's a so finger, it, it must be a pinky. Yeah. So, not necessarily, but... Yeah. That's what he's trying to say. Sure, That's sure. what he's trying to say. And then he goes on to say, okay, it's economic inequality. Therefore, it must be because of an economic policy. Uh, again, logical, um, but it's based off a of fallacy. Uh -huh. uh, and then he goes on to say, okay, so if it's an economic system that is racist, that is causing this racial inequity, then it must be capitalism because capitalism is our economic yeah. system. So it's a logical train of thought. I, I understand. But it's based on this statement that. that a racist policy, just because racial inequity exists, means there's racism. Just because it's a finger means it's a pinky. I'm sticking with the analogy. I, yeah, okay. I, I'm helping people understand. Yeah, I understand I'm sticking what you're with it. Yes. Uh, that I don't believe. So yeah, I disagree with that too. Then, sort oh. of to finish off this assignment sheet, um, the bottom says, given Kennedy's concept of racism and capitalism, do you agree or disagree with the notion that capitalism is racist? Why or why not? So, uh, we're going to hear why not. Well... If I have to answer this question, I'm going to say yes, because it's given Kennedy's concept of racism and capitalism. Oh. It's saying, don't even argue about yeah. the definition given. It's saying, just accept this. Basically, definition. if you disagree with the way that this is worded, you're racist. Pretty much. It, it lays it out in such a way that there is no discussion to be had. 
because you can't argue against Kendi's policy about his standpoint yeah, without being racist. Without being racist. I mean, you can, but like you would sound racist. I'm well, no, like well, I, I'm going to argue about. I'm going to argue about the definitions right now. and not sound racist. I'm saying, but I'm saying if Kendi's specific definition of racism that is racist, the way he that he's he's explaining it. Do you I know guess, what I'm saying? Uh, not exactly, but I think I'm the way that the way that he's wording they're wording the way to, you have to answer it. So if the assignment says accept these definitions, yes, true. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. what I thought you were saying. Yeah. So the assignment says accept these yeah. definitions as true, then is he right? <laughs> yeah, no no crap. Yes. It's if, not going to be room to If argue. these are true, he's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. That is a logical thing to follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wonder if, what Brock said. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, so uh, going back to the a racist policy is any measure that produces or sustains racial inequity, disparity doesn't equal discrimination. Just because there is a disparity between wealth, prison population, uh, or any other sort of societal statistics doesn't necessarily mean that it stemmed from racism. Racism. Now, are there racists in the world, in the police force, in every sector of life? Yes. There will always be assholes. They will always exist. We are never going to get rid of them. That's just human nature. You can do what you can to you do what you can yeah, to get rid of racism, but yes, but there will always be there's always going to be there will yeah. always be terrible people. Yeah, there's always going to be a racist. There's always going to be a, a pedophiles. There's always going to be serial killers. There's going to be horrible people in every aspect of life. There will always be horrible people. We don't support. I'm not supporting it. I'm not saying no. it's a good thing, and it's crazy that I have to say this. Obviously, uh, I'm just saying that it's a fact. It's true. It, we're never going to live in a perfect world. Yeah. As much as we want to. We're never going to be able to make a perfect world. We're never going to be able to live in a perfect world. With that being said. Not on this side of eternity. If there are systems in place that are racist, which is what a lot of BLM people are arguing against, which is what Kendi is arguing against here with capitalism being racist, then it has to be fixed. But we first, I think we have to figure out if it actually is racist or if it's not. Yes, I agree. And if, yes, if you point me to a racist policy, like there were many in the yep. 60s that were overturned. I will stand with anyone to fight them because racism is a terrible thing. That being said, capitalism, I don't believe, is racist because capitalism is the truest form of competition you can find. Now, does that mean that there should be no welfare system or no sort of help to get your feet off the ground? No, because in a natural world, everything falls under this parabolic relationship. And so I'm going to just use my fingers to draw this out because it will be easier. So there's a principle. Um, I know it as a Matthew principle. I forget what it's actually called. But basically, it's, it's a scientific rule that the square root of the number of things contains half of the value. So what that means for people is that, say there's seven, there's seven billion people in the world, right? Yeah. So if I take my little calculator here, and I say seven billion, 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 and I square root it. That's eighty-three thousand six hundred sixty-six people. So according to this principle, eighty-three thousand six hundred sixty-six people hold half of the wealth in the world. Really? Yes. And it's the same with the stars in the sky. It's the same with the number of animals in the wild. Ten or not ten percent, but. Would you mean animals? To the square root, say, say, say there's a million lions. Okay. Say there's a million lions in the world. Take the square root of a million, it's a thousand. A thousand lions eat half the food. Really? 
and the other half are just struggling. Or the other 999,000 are just eating enough to get by. Is that true? That, yes, it's a, it's like a natural law. Is true? It's a natural law, yeah. Or is this just a theory? No, it's, a, it's proven. I will get the sources for that, and we'll put them in the description. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it is a natural law. Money's the same way. So the problem with the problem with laissez-faire capitalism, with absolutely no intervention, is that there are eventually so many people that have nothing that they can't even begin to gain things. So they can't even be competitive in what's so they can't even be competitive system. Yes. So that's where the government, that's where government is necessary. There needs to be some degree of government intervention, in which case those that have all. <laughs> Not taking a ridiculous amount of what they have, but mm-hmm. enough so that people that have nothing have enough to at least at least earn themselves something. Yeah, so and, it and doesn't take much to be able to earn more. To kind of chime in, and I know you're going to address this, but I think that maybe what people who, who agree with Kendi's perspective on capitalism would be arguing is that uh, minorities and people of color, maybe they don't have... The, even the opportunity to be competitive and what's supposed to be a competitive system. They might, and I I would agree that so, that is... I, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying maybe that's his perspective. I don't know. And even if that is his perspective, that doesn't necessarily mean capitalism is racist. Okay. Yeah. So disparity doesn't mean discrimination. It's not necessarily because they're black that they have nothing. There are white people that have nothing to do. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I'm just saying that it exists. I'm not taking sides. I'm just yeah. trying to understand um, where he's coming from. So there's a ton of contributing factors to poverty. Um, the main one being single motherhood, which it, is obviously higher which in is, yes in Very black true. communities. So <clears throat> I forget the statistics. I want to say if you're raised by a single mother and your father's not in the picture at all, I think you're six times more likely to grow up in poverty. Um, so if watch some ass was gonna fact check this, bro. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Please, please fact check me and yeah, you should. find the, find the real numbers, because I'm just going off of what I think I read, or what I read, but I don't remember what they are. <coughs> um, actually, hey, so you know how uh, LBJ when he was president? Yes. You, what was the name of it called? He put in all these things to help up uh, uh, help the minorities. Mo- the model cities program. Yeah. The New Deal. Mm-hmm. And then there was actually incentives to. Uh, for the ba- extreme growth of the welfare state, yes. Yeah, but there was incentives that actually look at the statistics. I'll put it up on the screen. That actually led to higher, uh, like it exploited to higher uh, single mothers in the African American communities yeah. after this was put in place. Yes, it did. Like it's not a myth. Like it's statistically there. It's crazy. We've done our fact checking. So I was wrong. It's five percent, or not five percent. Five times more likely to grow up in poverty if you are raised by, by a single, single mother, mother and your father's not in the picture. Um, and because of that, it is. So that that being said, mm-hmm. sixty four in twenty nineteen, sixty four percent of black families were single mother families. So that statistic is terribly sad. Yeah. Um, and that is part of why yeah. um, it, there is that disparity. It's not the only reason, but it's substantial. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely not the yeah. only reason, but 65% is statistically significant, and that's yeah. something that needs to be worked and on. And when you're five times more likely to live in poverty than somebody with two parents, 
Yeah, it's a very significant statistic. Yes. Uh, compared to white families, white families are, or twenty four percent of white families are raised with a single mother. And this is why you see like black black mothers having to work two three jobs just to you know feed their kids. Mad respect for them, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's you're gonna still live in poverty while you're you're busting your ass, you know. Yeah, and it stems from the Model Cities program um, that incentivized single motherhood and said the government will, essentially the government will be your spouse if you don't have one. Yeah, which is. It, you look at the statistics. We'll put it up on the screen. It's staggering. You see a line just go straight up after uh, whenever it was put in place. What year? 1960 something. It was 1970 or 66 to 74. Mm-hmm. Is there something still in place? I'm, I'm oh yeah, it's still, that was okay. when it was being implemented. So it's still in place. It's still in place. Yes, and not specifically the Model Cities program, but the mm-hmm. welfare state is still intact in the same way that it was. So, so what that's, was put that in place is to, a significant reason for the disparity yep. because the government's not going to give you money into wealth. They're going to give you just enough to get by and live comfortably so that you stay on the government's so payroll. And could you, so you stay voting for people that will keep you on the government's payroll. Could you explain that um, like for people like what was the goal of it to if if you're a single mother or father what they, the government will so, you, yeah. so, to my understanding, the Model Cities program... Specifically, like, the thing that we're talking about, you know? Yeah, specifically the Model Cities program with the, the Green New Deal was to um, sort of implement new government-sponsored housing and development um, properties, modern times known as the projects. Um, so that was essentially the government's way of saying... If you can't take care of yourself, we're going to take care of you, which is not a bad sentiment. Yeah. The problem is we are human beings, and once someone is taking care of you, that's comfortable. It's human nature to. It's human nature. To once you get comfortable, you get lazy, for most part. Not, not always. Yeah, not necessarily. But, yes, but that's but comfort, kind of natural. Comfort is the. How do I say this? Good enough is the opposite of great. If you're good enough and you're content. Yeah. If you're living comfortably, you're never going to be great because you're never going to push yourself. Um, so that's what essentially the Model Cities program did for people. And it was, it was obviously, it was abused and uh, it yeah. wasn't used properly. And the guy that implemented it, LBJ, was just terribly racist. Yeah. But anyway, that was, that is at least some of the reason that there is a disparity that Kennedy mentions sort of, uh, sort of alludes to in his definitions. Yeah, so I think we, we could both agree that he's blaming the wrong thing. At least partially, he's not even mentioning the single motherhood rates in African-American and minority communities, but he's he's just blaming uh, capitalism. Yes, know? yeah. And, and he just totally chose to ignore that, which, I, like I'm saying, it's not the main thing, it's not the only thing, but it's a very statistically significant thing. Yeah, I would say, I would say capitalism is <clears throat> not... Racist at all. Because if, if you if, look at guys, even like guys that we know, got mm-hmm. guys like Neely, who started his own sports training uh, business last year, and is making a great name for himself and growing and grinding. He's, I'm sure, he's working his. Give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah, shout out Isaiah, Isaiah Neely, rise above training. Uh, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, hit him up. He's a great dude. Knows. Knows what he's doing, like the back of his hand. Um, yeah, hit him up for sure. But he's a great role model to follow. He 
picked himself up. He had a really bad injury in high school. Um, went and played at Slippery Rock, but he's picked himself up. He started his own business, and he's doing really, really well for himself. Mm-hmm. That is quite literally capitalism. capitalism. That is what you can do in capitalism. Yep, when you do hard work, which obviously as a and has, yeah. he succeeded, um, as he should. Yeah, and basically the only thing you're guaranteed in capitalism is a shot. Yeah. That's it. That's all you're given. And that is the most true form of competition there is. And that's why capitalism is, in my opinion, capitalism is colorblind. Capitalism doesn't care what color your skin is. Cap- the only color capitalism cares about is green. Yeah. Hey, yeah. all right, yeah. As long as you're making money, you will grow under capitalism. Uh, and that is barring, of course, there are racist people, and we're not going to ignore that. And look. And that's not capitalism. That's just people being racist and people being terrible people. Look, we get it. Two white guys talking about why capitalism is racist. All right, let's move past it. We get it. Right? Well, I feel like we had to put it out there. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got on Kendi. I don't agree with his definition of capitalism. I don't agree with his definition of racism. Well, he doesn't really give a definition of racism. No, but I, I get where he's coming from. That's what I was missing when we were reading the prompt at first. Yeah. Because he, he did a really piss-poor job. And maybe it wasn't his fault because, I mean, he wrote a book, so it was probably whoever put together the, yeah, the prompt. Yeah, put together this sheet didn't really did do a good terrible job. job. Yeah, it didn't really do a good job of portraying Kendi's thoughts. Yeah, because I'm sure he he probably did have thoughts. I don't want to misspeak. I, I probably disagreed with him, but at least I would have something to argue against. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I get, I at least I understand what point he was trying to make is, yeah, like more minorities are living in poverty, you know, percentage-wise than, you know, non-minorities and whites, and uh there's reasons for that not being capitalism, as we just explained. I think that's yeah. what we had, what we took away from this. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's my problem with this assignment is the the part. Did we dig the, into this? What do you mean? Because we just we just took care of like the whole capitalism portion. Maybe we could like take this into another level and talk about talk about the assignment, the assignment itself, yeah, and how absolutely. that's an issue. Yeah. So my problem, my main problem with the assignment is it says, given that Kendi's concept of given Kendi's concept of racism, do you disagree or agree with the notion that capitalism is racist? It says, given that what he says is true. Yep. Do you agree or disagree? Which I don't agree that what he says is true. But but in a classroom setting, I don't get to argue that. You have to, or else you're a racist, according to the question. According to the question. You have to agree. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I ask? Um, what did Brock say? Because this is his brother's assignment. Yeah, uh, he didn't talk about it much. Um, he said he... he, he just, we, we read through it, and he said most of the same things I did. He said yeah. he hated the definition. Did he just write something to get a good grade? Well, because it wasn't even for a grade. It was a speech class, so he just talked with another student for like 10 oh. minutes, and that was it. But he basically laid out that, or at least I, from what I know about Brock, he disagreed with the definition of capitalism also, and... Was it a debate class? Yeah, speech and debate. You know, I don't have a problem with this then. If it's a, uh, well, the question at the end, that's a problematic because you don't get a yeah. problem to debate it properly. Yeah, without sounding racist. But yeah. um, I don't know. Was there any, uh, do you know, is there any, because it's obviously left-sided. Was there any, like, right-sided arguments or, uh, uh, or prompts out of. there? No, not that I know of. I didn't, if I'm being honest, I didn't pay attention that much to this class. Yeah, this is probably another example of uh, liberal indoctrination in colleges, am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was interesting 
it, at the very beginning, it says there is no right answers, which is interesting. Not yeah. from not from like a left right perspective, but just to say there are no right answers. That's it's problematic. To say that every answer is wrong. Normally, when something like that comes up, they say there are no wrong answers. Yeah. But to say there are no right answers might. That's an interesting. I thing think they're both problematic. If there's no wrong or no right. Well, there I are some things like opinion pieces. There's no wrong. Yeah. Answer. Okay. Um, yeah, but. But it either is or it isn't. I, th- I think that's kind of what it is. What do you mean? Capitalism is either racist or it's either not. Yeah. I mean, very black and white. You're going to have to dig into it a lot more, but I wouldn't say there's no right answers. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I just thought that part was interesting. Yeah. It also says, given the theoretical nature of introductory economics courses in the free market and or textbook. Well, yes, our textbooks were. It's written, different because textbooks were written mostly by Americans, and yes, they grew up in a free market. That's that's what surprised me because like I knew um, colleges were supposed to be liberal. Economic courses, they're not. Even if they're taught oh, by a liberal professor, and they probably are, Most. they're still supportive of capitalism, and they have to be. Yes, because it, it's working. In one of the, on like I think the first or second class that I had for my macroeconomic class this uh, this semester. Mm-hmm. My teacher, her name was uh, Professor Pawata Shimbali. She was from Thailand. The first or second day, she said, the best thing you can do for a GPA for an economy is to lower taxes. That is the best, <laughs> thing, the best thing, like we're verbatim. Yeah. The best thing you can do for GDP per capita in an economy is lower taxes. And I, It's kind of conservative. That's, that is, yeah, that's fairly conservative, yeah. Wow, you made it this far? That's incredible. Hey, if you enjoyed the video, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and stay tuned for more content. Thanks for watching.